don't forget to follow us on our social media pages. Like, share, and subscribe. This podcast is sponsored by the following. Remington, made with pride in the USA. Iconic American impact. Winnig Custom Gun Stocks. Head on down for your custom fitting. Remember, winners shoot winning. Shot Tracker. Like having a coach on your barrel. For more info, go to TakeAimTech.com. Life is too short to miss. RM Shooting Clinics. Helping shooters from coast to coast. Have Ricky take your game to the next level. Zach Nanini at Northwestern Mutual. Trusted advice from someone you know. We believe in putting people first. Other supporters for Trap Talk. The Nevada State Trap Shooting Association. Don't miss their 75th annual state shoot this October in Las Vegas. The NSTA puts on some great shoots, and they're going big for this year's state. Go to nvtrap.com to check out their program and all other shoots as well. Welcome to another episode of Trap Talk. Today we have the honor of our guest, uh, Dustin Klein, and we also have our co-host, Richard Marshall Jr. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, Rick, would you do the honors of uh, introducing Dusty? Yep. It, uh, this We got Dustin Klein. I call him Dusty, better known as Big Boy uh, around the country, even though he is smaller. But so Dusty's a four-time junior All-American. Uh, he is the 2006 ATA Clay Target Champion and the 2006 Nebraska Cornhusker Cup High School Champion. So Dusty won the Corsica Cup. Of course, his senior year, he was 18. Um, he also broke 300 straight in the single shoot-off that year. Um, but better yet, he won the clay target that year um, when he was 18. So Dusty also, I think, led this nation with a 96-87 all-around average as a junior. And I think that record still stands, but it's hard to try to find some records uh nowadays so we'll we'll double check that but uh welcome to the show dusty thanks for having me guys yeah and on top of that i mean i i don't know if it still stands but at the time you were the youngest to ever win the clay target is that correct i believe so i i think that was the case yeah yeah I, and i know there was a, a younger gentleman i don't remember his name and won a couple years ago we were trying to find out but he's the only one that i could think that was kind of close in your age group because I remember watching that shoot off back then in 2006. That was the first, first uh, grand at Sparta. Yep. Yes. Yep. So, so Dustin, um, that being said, tell us a little bit more about your shooting story, how you got started. Um, you know, it, does your family shoot? Were you the first one? Just kind of let the listeners know a little bit about you. So starting out, you know, I was a pretty normal Midwestern kid, you know, hunting, uh, upland, waterfowl, stuff like that. Um, I started actually, you know, shooting a gun pretty young, about nine, 10 years old, you know, doing a little bit of hunting upland in South Dakota and stuff like that with dad. Um, then I actually was a baseball player. So, um, I played baseball up until like 12 years old. Um, dad and I kind of got into a little bit with the coach. And at that time we decided it's, uh, Hey, it's time to go shoot full time, you know? So, uh, we uh, hit the scene. Um, after kind of the baseball deal, 
you know, I did the junior high stuff for Fremont High and through high school. Um, the school program in Nebraska that's pretty dang big now, you know, nowadays. Yep. Um, did that. Um, yeah, and in 2001 was my first uh, ATA registered target. It was uh, Missouri State U. So nice. Well, at least Jackson you're in a good State. spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and for the family deal, actually, uh, my dad's uncle is Brian Pritchard. Um, Brian Pritchard is also a Hall of Famer in Nebraska as well. Um, yep. when my dad's when my dad's dad passed away, um, when he was 16, um, Brian took him around to a few shoots, you know, around Nebraska, um, to get his feet wet anyways. So, yeah, Chubbs, you know, your, your dad, Dwayne, but he goes by Chubb Klein. Right. Right. Everybody's like, what? Like, yeah, that's his nickname, Chubbs. So I, you know, I mean, I've known you and Chubbs. I mean, I remember when you first started shooting, but you know, you also were inducted to the Nebraska Hall of Fame at a young age. And I think I was inducted when I was 23 and I think you were either 23 or 24. Right. Um, yep. You know, to be inducted and, and people will look at that. And I know I felt that way when I was inducted. It's like, this is kind of for old people, but you know, you had an, a great success early on. And I know you used to come around. I mean, I remember you running around it at, uh, at Vandalia, you and um, Kelsey Zahar and yep. Corey Cogdill. Yep. You know, all you kids would run around and stuff. And I did a little, little like, I don't remember what it was like a 30 minute or hour clinic at the practice trap with you guys. And your dad's back down, telling me, tell him to speed up, tell him yeah. he's got to go faster. Yep. Cause Dusty yep. was like, Dusty was like the slow golfer that everybody was bitching about mentioned about this year at the uh um masters you know right. and you know the play was so slow and that was dusty when he shot zach he, we don't call was... it slow we call it deliberate <laughs> oh yeah. no oh no yeah. there was so here was the best part of it was b.e morsey and god rest it is always a, a legend trap shooter and and from nebraska and b.e came up to me he's like rick you gotta do something with him and i was like okay and I was like, I can get a cattle broad, you know. So, but Dusty, you know, he progressed. And then you used to travel around with the late Mike Mertz. Yep. Yep. You know, and and I don't know, Zach, if you remember Mike Mertz at all. I don't know if I do. I I, I know B Morrissey, but uh yeah. not Mike. Uh yeah, Mike was, you know, he was a longtime shooter from Nebraska and and he used to haul Dusty around and and one one of the famous stories with with Mike and Dusty is we're at the uh, I think it was a spring grand spring Dusty? grand yep Tucson. spring grand it was like the yep. second year was that third year maybe whatever Dusty's young he's flying home but Mert's got done shooting and Dusty was staying with him right in the middle of the parking lot is a suitcase a gun case that's it Dusty was out shooting. Mike was leaving. He just threw his stuff out on the ground and drove off. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Matt, Mike had a bad day that day. We'll just <laughs> said, I'm out. Dude, I, I remember driving through the parking lot. I'm like, who leaves a gun? I was like, that's big boy's gun case. I turned around and here comes Dusty. Chug along. <laughs> so, yep. Good, good times. Thanks, thanks to Jim Bradford for taking me to the uh, airport that day. Yeah. 
Or I would have never made it home. It's always nice to get a ride from someone. But so, so, you know, obviously you had a lightning quick start. How young were you when you picked up a shotgun the first time? Like for trap? Uh, For trap, it was around 10, I'd say, yeah. So when did it get to a point where you were actually competitive? I mean, was it 13, 14? Was it before that or? It was probably around that uh, 12 mark, probably 11, 12. You were um, hanging in your own category around that 12, 13 area. And then yep. from there, by the time you hit 15, 16, were you pretty much able to get in the dish on any given day? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that that that, uh, that Missouri shoot was 2001. So, um, yeah, I was, you know, around 12 years old at the time. Okay. So. Okay. So, so you know, that being said, you, you singles, I've known you to be one of the best single shooters that I've ever known. I know your doubles are pretty good too. Handicap was that, I mean, did you ever get a hundred from the 27 or is that still something nope. you're working on or? Nope. I'm still working on the hundred. I've had a lot of 99s. I had a lot of, you know, first target misses and last target misses and ones in between. So yeah, I mean, Hey, it happens, but it, so, so you got two legs of it and working on the last, yep. the last piece. Okay. So, so for you, you know, walking back to your mentality, when you were moving up, going into that clay target year where you won it, you were, I mean, I, I watched you that year and there wasn't a hundred singles that you didn't run. I mean, every time it was like Dustin Klein, hundred, hundred, hundred. So what were you doing to to get in the zone back then to break all of those singles? So I'm a little, I'm, I'm repetitious. If, if you really watch me, I do the same thing you know, pretty much every time something I, I kind of actually picked up from a movie, right? It's uh it's a movie called for the love of the game. And uh, Kevin Costner is a professional pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. And uh, in that movie, you know, he kind of shows that when he's on the mound, you know, the crowds screaming, yelling, you know, everything that he can, he, he, uh, he says, clear the mechanism. That's, yep. that's kind of his saying, right? Um, I don't say clear the mechanism. But I have my own little run through that I do when the guys before me are shooting, you know, their targets. I am able to, you know, kind of utilize that and get into the zone. Right. I remember and, that. I remember that movie and I remember that scene and I love that movie. So so you're not saying cue the mechanism, but with your process, what what are you saying or what are you thinking? Or could you walk the listeners through that 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 stage? You know, I'm focusing I'm focusing out like a soft focus out on the house. You know, I'm watching the other guys before me, you know, I'm watching their birds, stuff like that break. Um, you know, I hear the calls, I hear the shots, they're just kind of faint, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. just my way of kind of getting to that zone. You know, I'm 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 getting into that zone. I'm telling myself what I need to do, right? It's the run through that I have for every single shot that I do. Um, and yeah, and I just it muscle memory. You know, muscle memory is a is a big thing. Um, you know, for me, um, I think it is for a lot of you know, you know, like you say, single shooters or whatever, right? It's it's repetition. I I'm firmly you know believe in that. Now you are left eye dominant, correct? And yes. you use a tube sight to be able to shoot two eyes, correct? I am I am left eye dominant. I shoot two eyes and I right-handed. Shoot two I see two what? barrels right in. You see two barrels. Yep. 
Yep. So what do you do with the, so how's the tube side help you? So it helps me, you know, left angles, you know, quarter left, stuff like that to try to keep my left eye from taking over. Um, sometimes it doesn't always work. Uh, sometimes that my left eye is pretty dang dominant and uh, I have trouble sometimes where, you know, I'll go two, three, four hundred straight, right? And then you'll see me to where I, I might lose it. I might fist two in a row. You know, it's the same bird, typically left angle of some sort. But uh, I do shoot right-handed and I do shoot both eyes open. I've just learned, you know, what to do over the years. Now, what type of tube side is it that you use? Um, I think they call it like the eliminator. Um, okay. I get them from, uh, from Tommy Larkin um in his trailer he's he's supplied a lot of those to be over the years yeah, so. yeah. well and you you need quite a few because for our listeners dusty kind of uh he partakes in the typical trap shooter of uh buying guns not trading guns <laughs> there's very few <laughs> trades thanks to we'll give a shout out to chubbs klein <laughs> yeah 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 you know we'll, we'll say chubb chubb yeah. and steve brink we'll say that yeah yeah, there's uh Dusty is shot. I mean, you won the clay target shooting your Bowen sights, correct? Yes. Yep. Okay. And there's, you know, some of our listeners know about the silver sights. There was the original sights gun, which was made by Tom Sights, and those were a true pinned gun. They were a break open gun, but they didn't break down. You had to take the pin out. You know, there were several features to get the barrel off. Um, those guns, I I think Tom Sights made 50 seven 58 yeah. Yeah. i think the last one was in the hall of fame i don't know if it still is could still be there but and then jerry phillips uh started making silver sight shotguns which were a true breakdown gun and then bruce bowen uh started making the the bowen sights out of omaha nebraska and now he's up in um where's he at he's up in Burgess, Burgess, south yeah south dakota so you shot the bowen now You've also shot Craig off. We've shot, shot Razi, shot a Craig off. What are you currently shooting right today? Today I am shooting the K80 top single. Okay. Is that the uh color case hardened gold super scroll? Yes. Okay. Yep. I didn't know, you know, if we were trading soon or with, what. With the gold choke tubes. That's Don't right. He's that. got the gold choke tubes, and that's that's a shout out for our, our buddy Justin Debris. That's a that, <laughs> that's a pimp daddy gun. Oh yeah. It, it's a, it's a beautiful gun, you know? So in that, so I know you've shot top singles. Yeah. Did you ever get into the unsingles at all? Yep. When, uh, when I was younger, I had a 10 RS. Um, that was actually my first real, you know, shotgun that I got for trap. Um, bought that from John Halford in Iowa. Um, I shot that quite a few years. Uh, I shot decent, you know, I, I was, I was inconsistent though on the handicap. I shot it really well in 16s. I shot it really well on doubles. Um, but that unsingle barrel with me being left eye dominant, you know, and the things that I got going on an unsingle and I just don't really mix, um, yeah. top single, you know, I, I can see through the barrel, you know, a little better, um, with the top single. So yeah, to spend some time on that, Dustin, I mean, you, you know, you're the first guy I've ever talked to that said, I'm a left eye dominant, shoot right-handed, shoot two eyes. And you said, I see the two barrels sometimes. Yep. So yep. 
when you're going to a shot, if two barrels come out, and you, what do you do? I mean, do you just, do you just keep looking Trust. at it and shooting it's off of instinct and you know where the gun is? Or what? what's going on for, for the shooters that might deal with this? Yeah, it's I, I see two barrels all the time. It just doesn't just appear. It's just there all the time. Um, I've learned the left barrel is the barrel to use, right? And, uh, you know, like 16s, you know, like my hold points and stuff like that, you know, kind of, they matter. Um, you know, I have to hold, like on 16-yard targets, I have to hold a higher gun. Um, I look underneath the barrel. It's uh, it's a soft focus, you know, until that until I call and bird comes out and then I lock onto it. And like I said, the left barrel is the barrel that I've learned is the one that breaks targets. So you're, so. you're, you're actually seeing two barrels the whole time. And then the whole time. when you go to the target, are you using reference point of the barrel or are you just looking at the target and shooting? I'm just looking at the target. I'm just, I'm just looking at the target. Yeah. Okay. So the, so you, the, the gun's kind of there, but, but you're really not saying, okay, I'm taking this unit to the gut, to the target. You're just, it's kind of in the background and you're just shooting. Yep. yep. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, he that's just the, trust himself. That's you, what he's doing. Really trusting your eyes to look at the bird and, and shoot. Now, do you let that target break the plane of the gun or do you trap it like, like a Benias? I, I let it break the plane. You know, if, if, if you watch me shoot singles, you know, and it, I was a little better at it. You know, when I was a little younger, you know, and shooting all the time, I don't shoot a lot, you know, as you guys know, but, uh, um, back in the day, you know, I could, I'd had a little better, uh, what do I want to say, you know, uh, trigger control, you know, um, I would let that target break the plane of the barrel, you know, and I would chase it and I would shoot it. Okay. Um, sometimes I get, nowadays I get a little lazier and little I, I wouldn't say trap the bird, but you know, I, I, I cover it and I pull the trigger, you know, so well, and, and, and I, I mean, and I've watched you shoot since that clay target to now. And I think when I was watching you break all those hundred straights, one thing I noticed about you was everything broke at the same spot across the field. So yep. it didn't matter if you got a hard, right. Or a straightaway, you were breaking it up in the air about at the same spot. And now yep. what I'll notice about you is sometimes, like you said, if it's by the barrel, you're blowing it up. So, I mean, that's just the trigger control that you have. And that's just uh, allowing that target up. And and, and do you feel it was better the way you were doing it back then or? Yeah, I believe back then, you know, especially when you get windy conditions, stuff like that, you know, when, you know, it, 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 uh, on 16s, it really doesn't bother me that much because I have that control, you know, and I, I can still, you know, if I, if I get to the grand, you know, and I got a couple you know, rounds of 16s underneath my belt, I still feel myself to where, you know, if the wind's blowing, I can hold off, you know, I can hold off and see, you know, get to the target, make a good move to it and pull the trigger. You're, you're a pull trigger guy, not a release. Yep. Nope. I'm pull all the way through. Pull pull all the way. So he's not that old yet. (laughs) Shifting, shifting that to handicap and doubles. Are you still above the house in those games or are you lower? I am. I'm, I'm not as high on handicap. Um, I do bring it down a little bit, but I still same process. I'm looking underneath the barrel or looking through the barrel, um, and, and waiting for it to clear the barrel and then chase it. I see. So, so you're at least a couple feet above the house and handicap and several more feet above in singles. Yes. And yep. doubles is the same way you're sitting. Same where first bird. Yep. 
Same wearing singles. You may be four or five feet above the house, letting it come to you, break plane, shoot, and then eyes move to the second shot. Is that is that just easier for you doing it that way versus being down in the house so your left eye doesn't take over? Yes. Yep. I I feel that it I don't know. I mean, I don't know if technically it's the best thing, but it's it works for me. It works better for me than to to chase it from the house. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're probably the only guy in the world that I know that's successfully doing it the way you're doing it with the two with the eye issue. So, like for me, and I when I've had eye issues and had left eye dominance come, you know, from the from the base of the house, it really does kind of mess me up. So I wonder if you know having that barrel more as a reference point with that top single uh, is helping you in itself too. Yeah, it probably does. It, it, you know, as an instructor. Sometimes if people have eye issues, then when I get guys that say, I want a trap special unsingle, I'm like, yeah, you might want to try the ACS, a little lower unsingle, or try the top single, you know. I mean, that that can help. Now, all the guys that I know in California that shot top singles and shot flat rib guns, they were actually using the barrels to shoot. So like, you know, like a Benias. You know, I, when I listened to him, he said, you know, I'd hold up and, and he said he used to shoot on the house when he was really, really, really in his heyday. But later in life, he said, I come up and I put that barrel somewhere in the sky and that's my reference point. And I'm watching the target come to the barrel. And as it's disappearing, I'm letting the shot off. I think that would be very hard to do with an unsingle or a high rib gun, right? Like just yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that reference point of physically trapping the target and using that. Um, yeah. But I mean, there's not a ton of shooters out there shooting that way still nowadays. Are there Rick? No, I mean, no, there really isn't. I mean, I don't see a lot of people holding a super high gun and, and trying to just go to the target. You, you gotta, yeah. my theory is you see the target, keep the gun moving. It, it you know, it's better, but in Dusty's case, you know, it works for him. You know, yeah, and, I mean, no doubt. Yeah, and like Dusty said, he doesn't shoot a lot. He'll shoot the Nebraska State shoot occasionally and, and the Grand. And, you know, he shoots with me in, in the Grand grand Week. But even when I come back and shoot the State shoot, when I think it's every fifth year or whatever that I go back, you know, we'll shoot. But Dusty's always competitive. He's got that competitive drive. 100%. So, you know, he can still – Throw up some scores and Chubbs is like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chubbs don't know what to do with that when you're pounding them all the time, but it happens. So, so choke wise, are you pretty tight? I mean, were you shooting a full back then in, in the Boeing days or were you more open when you were running all those singles? Yeah, the bone was actually a little tighter than what I shoot nowadays, but uh, yeah. I shoot a full in the K80 now. Um, back to the day, the bone was a little, little bit tighter, but so, yeah, it was at 30. 38 thousandths or something, yeah. if I remember right. So yeah. you were just roasting those things. Yeah, it, they blew up. And you were, back then, wasn't it double A shells, or what were you using? Remington STS. STS. Oh, the good stuff. Okay, I like yeah. it. <laughs> so, 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 you know, going from then to now, I mean, you, you were shooting all the time, traveling around the country, doing it, and now, you know, you've got a family, you're running a business, you're, you know, you come out and you shoot and have fun. But, you know, trap shooting is more in the background for your life versus it was the front of your life back then. Uh, What do you do to stay in it now and stay competitive? Are you writing goals? 
you know, what's changed from now to then in your life shooting wise? Um, you know, I still have goals. I, I have goals that I've written down from way back when, you know, that, uh, I, I, you know, I'd love to be in the ATA hall of fame, you know, one day, um, going to have to shoot a little more to do it. And I understand that, but, uh, but you know, it is a goal of mine, um, make the men's all American team, you know, um, in order, you know, and it all requires just shooting more. You know what I mean? I, I, I firmly believe I could do it, you know, if I got the targets in, um, and stuff. Um, yeah, having a family, having a job, you know, it, it, it slowed down quite a bit, you know, like Ricky said, I shoot Nebraska state shoot. I shoot the grand occasionally, you know, dad and I'll go down to the spring grand, um, yeah. and have fun. So now, now Dusty, for the listeners, so you, you shot, you got a family, got a couple kids, um, you know, your your wonderful wife, Gentry, that's a yeah. scholar. Um yeah. now explain to everybody what you do for a living. So I am the chief operating officer of Midlands Mechanical Inc. Um, we're a commercial plumber and HVAC contractor. Um, so we so we do the plumbing HVAC on hospitals and schools and large commercial projects um, in Nebraska and in Colorado. So you're busy a lot. You're on the road. You travel backboard to Colorado. Yep. You know, all over Nebraska and, and such. Yep. Yep. So that I takes do. away from, you know, having a family to it, it, you know, you know, yep. <laughs> Gentry might get a little, little piss. You go on the road. Hey, I'm going yeah, to I got it. A six a six year old and a three year old keep me pretty busy with with the job. So, like I said, one day I'll, I'll be able to come back. I'll be able to do some more shooting. But right now, it's build career, you know, and and provide for the family. And and that's that's a great thing because you're still shooting, right? You're still involved. Yeah. It's not like you gave it up completely, and you're still able to shoot pretty impressive scores. I mean, every year at the Grand, I see you run a hundred pretty much. So it's not like you don't know how to shoot. It's just you got to get some more shells back in the gun again. Um, hey, I I even won the double A champion in the high overall last year at the Grand. Yeah, he did. I was pretty well, pumped, maybe. man. That was, I don't know how the heck he got into double A, but I don't know either. But I did, you know. Yeah, you got check the you averages. Got a, you right? got a clay target Red. winner, clay target sandbagger going double A. Come on, yeah. <laughs> check like, the averages. Check them. Yeah, Bob Felber said. The averages spoke for themselves. You know, I, I think Felbers was the one that classified me. Usually does. So, so with with back when you were really doing it heavy. I mean, right now you're you're having fun and shooting. But were you training up to tournaments? Were you were you just going into tournaments? I mean, what was your training regiment, practice regiment looking like when you were really starting to get serious? So when I was shooting pretty good and making the all junior all American team um, and stuff like that, um, like Ricky said, I was traveling with Mike and Gene Mertz. Um, yep. God bless them. You know, they, they took me under their wing. They were my, they were my second parents. You know, I traveled around with them in the motorhome. I hopped from pretty much the Midwest, you know, doing the shoots. Um, I really hit about five to six shoots you know, back in the day, and I was able to make the All-American team, you know, doing that. Um, you did go to the yeah, Great Lakes, I, I Grant. Yep, yep, that we went to Great Lakes me. one year. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, you know, I did, we, we hopped around, 
you know, from shoot to shoot, you know, we pull, you know, uh, pack up the camper and, and head to Wyoming, you know, South Dakota, yeah. Minnesota, stuff like that, hit those shoots. So I wasn't practicing a lot, you know, back then. I still don't practice a lot now. You know, I'm lucky if dad and I will go down to Lincoln Trap and Ski, you know, and shoot 25 shells or 50 shells, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, if I if I'm breaking them, then I just quit. You know, I don't, I don't push it any further than that, you know, and then Nebraska state shoot is my first shoot. So I, I usually run down to the practice trap, you know, and shoot 25 targets before the first 16. So well, there you go. That's pretty, that's pretty much. And then, and then Chubbs, Chubbs goes out and shoots and he's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, Hey Chubbs, <laughs> you got to practice. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, so, so, you know, now, you know, different than then, but then, you were shooting so much that it didn't require as much practice because the gun sure. was hot. But sure. it, but if you had to work on something, you'd go practice and and work oh, yeah. on it and find your fundamentals until it was dialed in. But once you found the spot, it was the spot. And yeah. I would say, you know, watching you shoot, Dusty, are are you more like a natural at it? I mean, I know you said you played baseball, so you probably have a little more hand-eye coordination than like an Italian like me. But but yeah. <laughs> It, it, was it more natural for you or was it something that you had to really work at? No, it was, it was a little more natural um, for me to be able to pick it up and to shoot. I, you know, we didn't shoot, we didn't shoot a lot of practice. We, we really didn't. Um, we just hit the shoots, you know, and, and, uh, and blew up targets. I mean, that was, it, it did come naturally, you, you know, you got the competitive um, background that kind of pushes people through, you know, not shooting as much practice. Now, baseball, what position did you play? I was second base. I figured you were shortstop, but. second I played a little shortstop, but, yeah, I was mostly second base. So you had to have good hand-eye coordination, and that's what helps in, in shooting, of course, as we all know. You know, it, it does help. I, I think it does. Yeah. I, I just think there's, there's a yeah. few people that I see. There's people that maybe don't have that in as much and work on it a lot more. Or there's people that just kind of have that that naturalness. I mean, like we we interviewed uh, Matt and Foster Barthelow, and you know Foster will swear like he it was more natural for him. You know he picked it up and he just did it. And then Matt would say, you know I was really slow to start, but I worked on this this and this, and I put all this yep. effort in, and then I started to see you know the results. And then you know I think there's like the anomalies where there's like your Leo Harrison's where they have the talent and they put in the work, and it's just like what do you do? Right. Like what, right. I mean, when you have a talented person that works at it, I think it's really, really hard to beat them. You know, and I've, I've been, I've been really blessed over the years, you know, in my shooting that I've got to be able to shoot with really high caliber people, you know, Ricky, for one, I've shot with Ricky a lot. Um, yep. I shot with Leo, you know, at the Iowa state shoot, you know, Al Tominitz, I've shot with Al Tominitz, you know, at Missouri state shoot, you know, B Morrissey, you know, I shot with some pretty high caliber guys. Um, and I think that I, you know, that helped, um, as far as, you know, me learning the ropes, you know, and what to do, what not to do stuff like that. Um, I took a little bit from about each person, you know, yep. so which so helps going yep. into that. I mean, shooting with Ricky shooting with Leo, you know, you're there, you're shooting with him. What does that feel like? Cause there's a lot of people that'll never get to shoot with Ricky, never get to shoot with Leo. You know, what is that like? And and how did you, you know, how did you take those tidbits away? It's, it's a blast for one thing, you know, and I, and I, and I want to beat them, 
you know, every time, right? I just have that. <laughs> I just have that competitiveness to me. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, you're also nervous. You know what I mean? You're 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 nervous to be on the squad. You don't want to be the guy. You know that that, that misses them up. <laughs> You know, your misses, you know, it screws up squads and, you know, whatever. But, you know, Rick's always, you know, he's always told me it really don't matter, man. Just shoot right. the targets, your targets, you know. Yeah. I shoot mean, when it's your turn. Never fun to be low man on a big dog squad. Oh, I've, I've done it. Definitely. <laughs> you know. Say, <laughs> Dusty, Zach, Zach's trying to, Zach wants to shoot with us during the grand week. And, and I'm thinking it's probably not a bad idea because, you know, it'll be team Nanini dinners and, and booze. I will bring a lot of bourbon. So that's, that's, that's a done deal. We can have, we can handle that for sure. I'm sure we joke around quite a bit. It's, 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 it's a lot of fun. I, so far I've been shooting the, the preliminary week with, with Ricky and also my, my co-partner, Rich Bullard, also known as RBO eight. And we've uh, been having a good time, but we're trying to, trying to make like a, like a, like a, a two week experience. That way we don't, we, we don't like miss out on Ricky that second week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They just, you know what? They just, they just needle and needle. I'm going to have to start charging dusty. I mean, that's yeah. what they, I can make. <laughs> you do charge me. It's called pre-squad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the pre-squad and the lunches we got it covered. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so dusty, um, is there anything else? that you think is valuable that you want to tell either new shooters or experienced shooters or, or anything that you think we're, we're missing today. The youth shooters in Nebraska, you know, um, I would say finding the right equipment, you know, um, you know, when I talk about taking certain things from people, you know, um, you got to find what works for you. You know, it's, it's, what Ricky does doesn't work for me, you know, all the times and that's okay. You know, and, and, and young shooters just need to understand that. I think they need to have multiple coaches, you know, that, that, uh, that talk to them um, and help them through, you know, they can take different aspects and kind of make it their own, you know, and, and I, and I really am a firm believer in that, that, you know, you, you got to find what works. Um, you got to be comfortable, you know, you got to be confident um yeah be confident in yourself be confident in your scores know that you can you know you can run with the big boys you know yeah that's everything and i think what's really hard for some people i mean we've all taught at some level is you have people that haven't done it yet and they don't have that confidence right you 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 have to believe uh that you can do it before you really can do it and and me and rick were talking the other day about looking backwards you know, like he said, he, you know, you ran the 400 straight and he was like, well, I already ran a hundred straight from the 27 yard line this week. I can do it again today. And it's, 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 I, I think it's finding those little things that you've already done and stacking on top of them to build that confidence. Cause sometimes you just don't have it. I mean, I remember when right. I was starting, I just didn't have it. I'm like, man, I gotta, you know, you run five and that's where you start building your confidence. But, but Hey, you, that's no, I still do that. You, we've been in shoot, Zach and Dusty. You know, we we shot some shoots where the horrible weather, and you're out there, you're like four, four, and you're like, yeah, yep. dang, let me break a five. You know, just one oh, break man. five, just yeah, one break five. It, and like I tell people, it's baby steps. It is. Don't don't worry about the end score. Worry about the task at hand. I was you just know. in Florida, and I had one of my worst rounds of handicap in a long time, 
and I went two, 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 the first three posts. And I was like, I was, I was clawing for something to grab on. <laughs> hey, luckily though, I hit more on that back 10 than I did on the front 15. I was, yeah. I was dialed in. I got nine out of 10 on those last two posts, but, but it was not, yeah. it was not pretty guys. I mean, but, but you get your confidence back, you get your bearings and then you're back to the races. But sometimes when the wheels come off, the wheels come off. Right. I mean, like right. you said, You'll, yep. you'll, you'll, you'll go 400 straight and you'll miss two or three in a row on the left side because the eyeballs go cattywampus. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a problem. It's what it feels like anyways, you know, but it's, it's no fun. Uh, yeah. Well, and like, and like Dusty's saying here, I'm going to elaborate a little bit about the confidence for all the, the listeners and, and the viewers is you, you got to be confident. You know, some people take, there's some shooters that they think, oh, there's being cocky or they're the, and most everybody's just being confident. Okay. And if you're not confident, why are you out there? You know, you're out there to, to win. And that's why, you know, when I step up to the line, I want to break great target. Does it happen all the time? No. Does it happen quite a bit of the time? Yes. But that's because I'm confident. I, I try to tell all these youth shooters and even some of the older listeners. I, I've spoke to some people here recently that have called me about lessons and listened to our podcast. And they're asking some questions. And, and I've had guys, I don't want to sound up. There's no dumb question. So for everybody out there, if you got any questions, submit them, send them in, text them. My phone number's all over my website at richardmarshalljr.com. My phone number's there, email, do it, or send them to the Trap Talk. You know, Zach gets them. We go over them, look at them, and and we'll we'll do question and answer stuff. You know, and it's, it's but you know, have fun. That's always been my rule. And as as Dusty knows, Zach knows, we've all shoot together quite a bit. We're gonna have fun. We, we do have fun. And I think, you know, with that confidence, I think the biggest thing for younger listeners is just know your audience, right? Like it, it, it that, that cockiness, I think comes with you saying things that are a little bit off the cup or, you know, or, or maybe, yeah. you know, saying, Oh, I'm going to beat your butt today to somebody that's, you know, been doing it for 25 or 30 years. That's a you know, top guy. I think for me, whenever I was coming up and I seen Ricky Marshall, or Leo Harrison, I was confident. I wanted a piece, but I'm not going to pop off to him either because you don't want to wake right. those sleeping dogs, right? You want to kind of leave leave them dogs lie where they are. But but I think that there's there's a fine line. And D Dustin, you did a great job of that because you had a lot of poise when you won that clay target. You weren't, oh, you know, you 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 were confident. We could tell that you knew what you were doing. But there was never a time where anybody said, "Oh man, that guy's cocky." Like you you had a poise about you and a step to you that you just felt comfortable doing what you were doing. And I think that's really, you know, the optimal zone because I, there are too many people that either aren't confident at all, or they go like super cocky off the rails and they're just, right. they're just, and that's where it gets a little um, uncomfortable, I think for people, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, and that was a lot of fun. I'll never forget that shoot off under the lights at Sparta. I mean, you were turning those things into black clouds and it was like, poof. <laughs> like, and I remember, Chubbs Klein stood behind you on every post. Yeah, dad does that. Five to one. He'd walk yep. in front of us. I'm like, Chubbs, move out of the way. Hey, that <laughs> last target, though, when it was time to win, there wasn't any pieces left. You, yeah. you hit that thing with authority and prejudice. Do you remember yeah. who runner-up was that year, Dusty? Uh, Chad Blanky, wasn't it? Blanky, Blanky. Yeah. yep. 
Yeah, from yep, Wisconsin. We, Chad's uh, a good guy, you know. Um, he just got on the, the wrong end of the stick shooting with the single specialist. It, it happens. <laughs> uh, is there anyone you'd like to thank, Dusty? Is there anything you'd like to, to leave us with? Of course, I'd like to thank uh, my dad, Chad. Um, without him, I, you know, none of this would be possible. My family <laughs> as well, you know. Uh, Steve Brink, you know, for supplying all those guns. Thanks, Steve. You know, game masters. <laughs> so, hey, make sure, yeah. make sure, Steve, make sure you give the discount on the next scroll that Dusty buys for the shout out on top. Top, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Rick Chubbs, up hey, Chubbs gets the discount. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're done. I think I think we're done here. Oh no, no more guns. No more guns. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, well, we got to thank our show sponsors. Um, obviously, Remington, Winning Stockworks. Shot Tracker, uh, Richard Marshall Jr. Shooting Clinics. You got to have it. And hey, if anybody needs a financial guy, I'm your guy, Zach Nini, right here. So that being said, it's been really fun. Uh, I know the listeners are going to love this episode. You're a high energy guy, Dusty. And I can't wait to see you at the next shoot. So we appreciate you. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Yeah, you guys too. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to Trap Talk. 